Hello, thanks for popping in to hang. This is Amy. And this is Z. And you're listening to Curse Words and Crayons Presents True Crime. You're tuning in to our homework episode, aka the pre-show, where we give you a tiny bit of insight on the case we'll cover in full when we come back together on Sunday. And this week, it's the Cleveland Strangler. But before we get down into that, Z, what's going on? How have you been? You know, I just got back from a girl's trip and I turned 33 like in the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. I bought six new house plants. I finished like four romance novels actually since we last chatted. So all that's like really happy and yay. But also it's either my anxiety flaring up or like I feel like a depressive episode's coming on. I've been trying to do anything that I can just like figuratively and literally run away from it it's I don't know I but nothing's wrong like everything's going great there's literally nothing wrong with me or anybody that I love there's no reason for me to feel this way right now but I but I do and honestly I've been considering getting on like some type of medication for the first time since I was a teenager. So all in all, I've been great, but also like kind of shitty. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. So you are saying you are looking at medication for the first time since you were a teenager. If you don't mind my asking, like what holds you back from popping them pills, like getting on the meds? I think Some of it, a lot of it's the stigmatism behind it. A lot of it is I don't want to, I'm not very good at talking about my emotions. So I don't want to like, I should be going to therapy, but I don't want to be like going to therapy. And our insurance does not cover therapy. So that's just like another like fun thing. Yeah. The insurance that we have right now, I think it covers like one therapy session a year, which cool, cool, cool. Thanks. That would be not (laughs) helpful at all. Right. I might as well Um, talk to myself in my car for 45 minutes for sure. Right. Um, So there's that. And then the last time that I was actually medicated, it just kind of made me, I'm a very, like I'm a hyper emotional person. Like I am feeling all the things all the time. I'm mad. I'm happy. I'm sad. Like all in the span of like two seconds. Like I've that's just who I've always been. And when I was medicated, I just felt kind of like numb. Like I didn't feel like myself anymore. I didn't feel like I was capable of my array of emotions. Like I didn't feel me. But that was also like 800 years ago. So I've been thinking recently because, I mean, before Roy had these issues, but then I was pregnant and then I was breastfeeding. So I was like, now's not the time that I want to try anything. I didn't have like postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression. I just had like normal Z anxiety and Z depression things. But like, actually, when my daughter was younger, I was like, I was pretty, pretty good. And it's just been here in the last like year or two which feel like saying that that's a long time, but I just kept thinking that I would be able to shake it. I get that. I totally get that. So I probably two years ago finally was like, I give up. I will get on, like, I'm going to get on something. And it, I was like you, like, I didn't have, 
I had never been on medication previously. When I was 19, I did a year of AmeriCorps, of um, a, a program called AmeriCorps, which is like the Peace Corps in America. I worked in a homeless shelter. It was a very high stress environment. During that time, they suggested that I'd be on something because I was having a lot of anxiety issues. But then after I like finished that job, I was like, cool, cool, I'm done. Like, I don't have any more mental health issues, I'm fine. But like mental health is something like, issues with mental health is something that really runs in my family. And so when I had Milo, I had a lot of postpartum anxiety after he was born, like getting in a car, traveling anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I need to be put on something because like, I'm not a, I am not a functional person right now. Like this is not going well. So um, I ask that because I do feel like there are so many, especially in like female identified people, there's such a stigma of like, you shouldn't do that. It makes you a bad person if you're on medication, which is such bullshit because even if you don't use like Western medicine, like if you have a headache, you're probably going to take something for that. If you have something else, you're going to to supply that with your body. But I exactly. get, I totally understand your, your hesitation because like, it is that like, I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should. But I feel like at this point, like I've tried a lot of things. Mm-hmm. and it's just not working so maybe maybe this is my sign and recently like uh one or two of my friends have brought it up to me like in a really nice conversational type of way but in a and maybe this is my anxiety but I feel like they were kind of hinting at me because they know that I haven't been in a great place that hey or maybe they were just talking about it and I took it personally because that sure. that's a thing too but you know, it's just been, it's been something that I have been thinking about more. So if, you know, if we have anybody out there who's listening, who's also in a weird space, they don't know why. I mean, you're not alone. Um, like Amy said, mental health is like something that I feel like a lot of us struggle with. So many of us struggle with, and we're all important enough to get help if we need it. 100%. I'm saying that to myself. Like, I want to say that to other people, and I can say it without feeling stupid, but saying it to myself, like, I am important enough to get help for this. Like, I can do that. I think that I am always, and I said this to myself before I decided to go on any kind of anxiety meds, and I said this to myself before I started seeing a therapist, I will be the first person to tell somebody else, please go get the help you need. How can oh, I help you yes. get this help? But if somebody says that to me, I'm, or if somebody's like, well, why don't you say that for yourself? I'm like, mm, no, that's, but like, that's dumb. You're a worthy person. Like I'm a worthy person. This is something that everybody deserves. So I'm glad at least you've reached a point where you're acknowledging that. Like I am worthy of this and I, I can do this. Like I can find what's next. Cause there's so many really great resources out there right now. The no insurance thing, fuck you, American insurance. It's the worst. Um, it's but so also, stupid. And then it's like 70, it's like $70 a visit or something like that. And then um, I think my medication would be pretty cheap, but it's just more of the fact that it's like a $100 a month commitment, which overall doesn't sound like a lot of money, but um, that, I mean, it, it all adds up, you know? It does. And, but also in the long run, like it's for you, like, you know, like it's worth it. But I also wonder, and I don't know like your financial situation and all of that, 
Um, I don't expect you to tell everybody, but um, there's often like some places will work with you too, like on a sliding scale, or at least make it so that you can, um, you know, work it out of payment plans or different things. You just got to know where to look and where to ask. So fair enough. I also um, know there's some online places like mm -hmm. uh, Better Help where I could text in, and I feel mm -hmm. like maybe I would be more comfortable starting off that way i've even seen recently through the old instagrams there's like a peer run one i don't know like if that would be where i would necessarily start but it's not run by a therapist it's like other people that are looking for it's moderated by somebody i think that's like got some sort of credentials but then i'll have to look and see where that was but that might be something to look into too but yeah what i'm saying is there's options out there. very true so amy how have you been so if we're on the topic of mental health let's just talk about this past week that we've had it's been crazy we're hanging in there a week ago today we got news that my mother-in-law passed away she was older but um and had been very sick but was recovering so obviously we're all very sad we miss her very much um but navigating this period of life with small children and grief is not something I am well versed in. So coming up with how we're dealing with talking with our kids and, you know, I have two kids that are um, six, almost seven, and our son just turned five that haven't had a ton of experience with death. So my grandmother passed away a few years ago, but Hayden was like three and she was like, she was aware, she didn't really know. But my husband and I really try to parent in a way where like we don't sugarcoat a lot of things for our kids. And we also don't talk to them like babies. Um, we don't like talk to them like, like this is what happened and here's what a dead person looks like. But I mean, at least we want them to be able to start coping with things as kids. So when, um, when my grandmother passed, Hayden had asked, well, what does that mean that she's dead? And we said, well, what do you think that means? Like, what does that mean for you? Because honestly, like, I don't fucking know what to tell you. Like, I am the same girl. I'm figuring it out. But um, her explanation of where Nana went when she died was that she, well, she got on a pizza boat. I don't know. I don't know what that means to her. And I said, what do you mean she got on a pizza boat? And she said, well, you know, I just imagine that when you die, you get on a boat with your favorite things. And Nana really liked pizza, so she's on a pizza boat. And I thought that was such a weird thing, but also she was three. Like, Okay, but do you, are you, like, do you have any, like, Norse ancestors? Mm. Okay, also this sounds like, like the, like the, the... What's the river in the underworld? It's sticks. S-T-Y-X. Okay. The river sticks. Yep. Okay. So it sounds like that, or it sounds like didn't the Vikings and uh, didn't they put they their... Would burn, yeah. And they would light them on, they would like cremate them essentially and send them down the river. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. But so this happened when she was three and now she's six, almost seven and we were explaining to her that grandmama had passed and she wasn't, you know, going to be around anymore. And, you know, that she, like, you can still talk to her, you know, all the things that you try to say to comfort kids. And she said, yeah, this was unprompted. <laughs> yeah, but grandmama would not be on a pizza boat. I think she would be on a donut boat. 
And the fact that that kid, number one, she's got impeccable memory, but number two, <laughs> the fact that she remembered that she said, that's what happens to you and you die and then adjusted it for the next person was like so weird to me. But we've been navigating a lot of conversations like that. A lot of conversations about like what happens after you die. And, you know, as a 37 year old adult, I'm like, good question. I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. So we've just been talking a lot about grief and what happens after you die and, you know, how we can remember people and it's been just so awful but also kind of cool to help them navigate and form these things that are going to take them through their whole lives because I love my parents and I feel like I had a really great and well-adjusted childhood but death was not something we talked about so to have kids that I I don't want them to be in that position as children that it's like you don't ever we don't ever talk to you about death until you're an adult it's, you know, not that I'm grateful for the practice, but it's nice that we could kind of start building those things. And I did think a little bit about, you know, last couple episodes ago, we talked about um, the Day of the Dead and you're a friend on. So we talked a lot about grandma's favorite things and what kinds of things we would set out. So that has been really interesting. So it's been a hard week, but, you know, we're holding strong. We're doing what we can. And, you know, you talk about mental health and I, a few weeks ago on the on our Instagram account, was talking about how I recently found a therapist. And I'll tell you what, I have an appointment with her tomorrow, and I cannot wait to just give her all of my thoughts on what's been going on. So, you know, knowing that I have, I was very against me personally having a therapist. I don't know, because I think I'm better than everybody and I don't need, I'm above <laughs> mental health, you know, awareness. And it took a lot of research and it wasn't fun. Like you don't want, it's not fun to research like doctors, therapists. I mean, it's just not, yeah. but you know, I found one that I really like and however you can do that. And you as a collective audience, like can find somebody who can be your sounding board and just the person who literally not that they don't care about you, but like that you can say whatever. And it's not like, oh, that's going to hurt this person's feelings or like they're going to be X, Y, Z. So that's been our most recent everything. But that kind of brings us to usually at this part of the homework episode, we talk about a product recommendation. And this week we decided it would be more fitting to kind of talk about checking in with yourself. Self-care becomes such a weird vision I feel like in people's minds like oh self-care means going to get my nails done or going to do and it's like no fam self-care is checking in with yourself giving yourself a minute if you need a minute um it's okay to not be okay and it's totally okay to ask for help if you need help and that doesn't necessarily have to be mental health wise but like if you have the ability to outsource something outsource it if you have the ability to I mean, it doesn't even have to be something like I'm paying a house cleaner, but like you got a friend and you guys can swap chores or tasks that you don't want to do, do that. I am a firm believer in I don't ever want anybody in this world who listens to this podcast, who watches us on Instagram to think like that lady's got it all together because I do mm-hmm. not. And I don't do it alone. <laughs> I have help that... I need. I'm not great about asking for help, but I'm also not above asking somebody to help me. So instead of a product recommendation this week, 
our recommendation is to check in with yourself. What do you need for you in this moment? What do you need? And whatever that is, try and find it. If you can't, email us at cursewordsandgrands at gmail.com. And we are happy to be a sounding board for you or to help you find a resource that you need. But get yourself in check because like Z said earlier, like turn those fingers around. You're worth it. Don't tell other people to do something and not think that you have the value to get that thing back. So, mm-hmm. Or at least let the people near you like check in with yourself. And if you can't seem to figure out what would make it better, um, tell those really close to you that you're having a hard time. Like just tell somebody that way. I don't know. It's That's like the first step forward. And sometimes it's even just that initial step of saying to somebody, your husband, your spouse, your wife, your whoever, like, I don't feel okay. And I don't know what that means, but I don't feel okay. I need help. So don't be afraid to do that. We got you, boo. And you got this. It's tough. Winter is coming and it's getting dark sooner and the seasonal depression and all the things are happening. Let's stay on top of it. Let's keep everybody mentally healthy, whatever that looks like for you. Yes. Now that we've piped ourselves up, let's let's start talking about some crime. Let's talk about the Cleveland Strangler. Anthony Edward Sowell was an American serial killer and rapist known as the Cleveland Strangler. He lived from August 19... 1959 to February 8, 2021. He was convicted in 2011 of murdering 11 women whose bodies were discovered decomposing at his Cleveland, Ohio home just four years after he was released from prison for another rape charge. Okay, so this one is technically Amy's pick. So I'm going to blame her for, like, the brutal journey that we're going to go on for, like, an hour or two together on Sunday. It's her fault. (laughs) But, like, this case is, it's a case that we're covering. So that basically (laughs) always means that it's pretty bad. We have given, like, a blanket trigger warning before on the podcast. But here it is again because our last episode was a palate cleanser and maybe you just forgot. This is on the same level as the candy man maybe worse because since there were less victims i did find myself going down many research tangents so you know there's that he did die recently though which is amazing news mm-hmm. right i think what really attracted me to this case in particular was not that he had so many victims and that it was so brutal was you know we so often hear about cases of, you know, and no disrespect to any of these victims because every victim deserves a voice and deserves to be heard, but young white women that are, you know, those are the cases that get the big coverage. And, you know, people of color, marginalized societies, you know, you hear about like this, where he lived in in Cleveland is not like a great neighborhood. And so people were saying something weird is going on with this guy And people were like, eh, we don't really care. But if this was in the middle of, you know, suburbia, suburban, and this is, you know, Karen White Lady down the street, they'd have been all over that. So I think part of, you know, my interest in this case was just that it's not really one that a lot of people hear about because it was just like so many tales are, but like a lot of sex workers. And that makes, You know, so I just felt like, number one, it's Cleveland, which is close to where I grew up. And number two, it was and the case itself is just intricate and interesting. And yeah, so I had 
I've never heard of this guy before you told us we were going to cover it, which like, honestly, if anything that this podcast has taught me, it is that I was not as big of a true crime fan as I previously thought. Like I had the potential, but I just, I don't know a lot of the super famous cases, a lot of like serial killers really. So this, this was very interesting to look at especially since he so recently died and this was a case that happened in 2011 which feels like yesterday like that just feels very close to the time that we're in right now which is scary very scary it feels like yesterday but it also feels like a million years ago Mm -hmm. i feel like from 2020 Anything before that is like, when, what? That feels like so long ago. But 2011, like, that was a year before my daughter was born. Like, I was a grump, like, I was an adult. This isn't like, oh, this happened when I was a little kid or, you know, before I was born. Like, this was within my adult lifetime. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I loved true crime, but sometimes I feel like I really loved true crime and like the whitewashed version of, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got all these cases that are the big ones that everybody knows about and everybody cares about. But there are so many other cases that just don't get coverage because it's it's not the demographic isn't interesting enough, which is gross. So I love that we're kind of diving into some of these other cases, too. Me, too. I agree. So this one is... (laughs) per usual a new case for me yes and maybe it's a new case for anybody listening as well yeah so there is um a really great documentary that is attached to this case as well there is a ton of just different things we will as always include those in the show notes if you want to do your research prior to the case please do that if you want to just come and hang with us on Sunday we will give you all the deets so either way we're totally down with that we will dive into his backstory the case why he died what happened all of that on our full-length episode as always this is just a little hangout sesh for us so thanks for hanging out Uh, you can find us on patreon on Instagram at cursewords and crayons, email us case suggestions. If you watch the documentary and you want to send us little snippets of you watching it or your thoughts on the documentary, let us know. And we would love to kind of chat that with you together. We do have a discord that we've talked about a couple of times that is a really great place for us to really talk about um, cases more in depthly. So if that's something you're interested in, check out our Patreon. You can send us case suggestions, pictures, any kind of information to cursewordsandcrans at gmail.com. And make sure that you're hitting that follow button on whatever app you use to listen to us so you don't miss out on future episodes. This episode is coming to you on a Wednesday, and our next episode will come to you on a Sunday. And that's typically how our train runs but um you know every once in a while we like to switch it up but if you are new to the podcast thanks for listening all of our research will be in the show notes uh so that you can also look at those as well but uh we will be back to touch all of the things that have to do with the cleveland strangler so enjoy your day be nice to each other and go check in with yourself after this episode bye bye